You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. Warning. The views expressed come from men who've spent half their lives in grease-stained overalls, inhaling hazardous fluids. Before taking any advice, consider the source. This program will contain humor of a questionable nature. A mechanic tries to fix your car. No matter if you're near or far. He'll change your oil or fix your flat. And he'll do it just like that. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, hit it. Well, guess what? It's Dave's Corner Garage, and welcome, everybody, to another fantastic one hour of automotive knowledge and uh, whatever. We're going to have to cram, because we got three <laughs> hours of content today. In a two-hour show. In which a one-hour show, really. <laughs> Joining us today is Don Panozio. Close enough? You got it right. Right on, right on. Don is the campus director for the Automotive Training Center. If you're going to go into the trades, this is a place where you start. You get, we'll talk more about it later. Uh, Dave McLean is joining us from the Auto Show. The Auto Show, correct. We're going to talk about that, what's going on there. That's actually next Friday, this Friday, the Auto Show starting. And we're going to do, um, well, we're going to talk about electric cars. We're going to talk about... And uh, we're going to be doing our show from the car show. Uh, well, that rhymes, eh? Saturday morning. Our show from the car show. And Colin Dilly from Preston will be with us in the yes, second half. Yes, and we're going to talk the difference between protection from freezing and corrosion. Oh? Yeah, they're big into corrosion rather than freezing cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, we welcome your phone calls. Make sure you call in. Don is going to be up next, and we're going to talk about how to get into the trade the right way. All right. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Yep. We'll be right back. Alrighty, welcome back to Garage Doors Wide Open, and joining us is Don Pinozio. <laughs> I love that's, it. That's good. It's I close. said that well. Is yes. it an O or a U? I don't know. You. It's an O. It's an oh. O. Okay. No wonder you didn't say it, right? Alrighty. You wrote down a U. Well, Don is actually the campus director for Automotive Training Centers, which is a private career college. So tell us about the school. Yeah. Uh, the Automotive Training Center, it's probably Canadian-owned private career college. It's been around for over 30 years. Wow. And since that time, we've helped thousands of graduates with job-related training for their careers in automotive and transportation fields. So if you want to get into the technology field, say automotive, which is what we're talking about, you need to be an apprentice, and then you end up being a master at the end, and then you get your ticket. That's right. But this is a pre-apprentice program. That's right. Pre-apprentice, I mean, there is uh, quite a process that uh, you have to get into for the apprenticeship program. I mean, to qualify for licensing, you must go through it. You know, you you have the in-school segment of it, and you have the -the on-the-job. In-school, 720 hours of classroom. And then uh, on the job, the industry has identified 6,500 hours for an apprentice to become a competent in the trade. Imagine. That's well, no, I, I can't believe that Alan got his license. Well, and, and you know what? It, no, this, this fills a, a, a big void because 
You see, how the system works, the government system, is that you have to have ex- you have to get a job before you've got any experience. That's right. And as an employer, who wants to hire someone who doesn't know, a, you know, a left-handed screwdriver from a right one? That was a joke, by the way. Um, but know nothing about cars. A little humor. So the whole idea of the, your college is that someone gets that experience uh-huh. right from the get-go. So you're taking someone who's green, who knows really nothing about it necessarily, except that, I was thinking about being a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. they go to someone like you, and you give them that basic training that a lot of people don't have. Right, and the great thing about the industry is that you start off with the fundamentals, and then you could start getting into interesting stuff later, right? It's kind of like, you know, you become a doctor, and then uh, you, you want to specialize a in surgery. Or, exactly. Or whatever. And it's just, uh, it, it gives, it, it's an eye-opening experience for a lot of our students that do join us because they're here, they're working, they're doing the trade, and they can also, uh, at, when they finish the AT39, we call it the 39-week diploma program, they can uh, challenge the first-year apprenticeship. So okay. they're not wasting time. So in other words, they, if they pass that first round with you guys, they can skip that first round through the, the college. Right. They would have to challenge it, uh, mm-hmm. do the challenging exam every year, and uh, most a lot of our students do. So they're not wasting. So that's great. So there's no time wasted. Exactly. You know, the other thing is that as, a, as an employer, a guy walks in, I'm not going to hand him a $40,000 car and say, here, walk, knock yourself out. I'm afraid of him working on these cars because I don't know his level of experience, and I'm the one who's responsible. Well, that's the problem. You know his level of experience. It's zero. (laughs) It's zero. So at least now, because your students after, like you guys do on, um, sorry, how do you call it? Um, A brain thing here. Uh, It's not just classroom. They have practical experience as well, correct? Yes, some of our programs have, we call them practicum, Uh and uh, some of our programs have that. In fact, the 22-week program, which is a certificate auto technology program, Mm -hmm. has five weeks of practicum, so uh, you know you have people coming in. They're 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 grad. They're ready to finish the yep, classroom yep. segment, and all of a sudden they're like, "Wow, I need to I need to work now." Uh, right. I I, I don't I, have any contacts. I have no networking, mm-hmm. and we have good relationships with a lot of shops and dealerships in our, our community. Yeah, they have a board with about a hundred companies looking for employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I so. get calls from dealerships, uh, shops every week, and they're asking me. Can can one of our, your students come in and uh, join us, or apprentice, oh, it's a, it's, or graduates? It's a big problem. I mean, yeah. you know, for the most part, young people nowadays do not go into blue collar sort of field. We have a question from the audience. Uh, Steve? Yes, uh, considering I'm uh, not under twenty five, I mean, really, for for a market that's sort of, sort of somewhat over forty five, mm-hmm. guys who have been transitioned out, could they they could walk in there and get a new trade? Absolutely, we have a, we have students uh, who want to do it as a hobby. You know what Dave and Alan are thinking? What? They Let's wanna... do a test with Steve. Put him in the school and see if he can change tires, oils. Could be good. We can film it. <laughs> you, just, you just don't have the knees for it. <laughs> no, and you know what? Oh, here they you know, go. He gets a manicure every week, so he he, he be so upset. Oh, well, my hands are getting dirty. Look at my nails. <laughs> I get to watch the Danish girl again. You got a problem with that? <laughs> so the, um, the actually, there's government support for this too, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, well, OSAP is one of the financial options that we're very fortunate to have uh, mm. here in Ontario. Uh, and you know, really what it is, it's the student experience. You know, And as a campus director, that's a very important component to me than anything else. You know, uh, When you're looking at private career colleges out there, you're looking at instructors, for example, that have real-world experience. Yep. Okay, so these people have decades on the bench. You have class sizes, maybe 10 to 15 students. 
Well, it's pretty uh, co- pretty personal then. Uh, absolutely, up close, yeah. And uh, you yeah, know, you can whip a pencil at him right away. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it before a couple yeah. of times in class. Something I don't need to know. Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, flexible hours, you know, uh, start time, start dates. They, someone can join us next week if you want, uh, because it's a different system that we have in place. And job placements, ninety-two percent high job placement rate. Quickly, Thank and where, where are the campus in, in general in Toronto? We have one in Ontario. Cam- well, that's the one I, uh, I, I'm i at the Toronto location. Mm-hmm. And then we have Cambridge, Montreal, and BC. Beautiful. Oh, wow. Downtown. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Four nationally. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go to the phones, and we're going to talk to Jenny about her Honda. Steve just got a Honda. Beautiful. You should listen to these questions. I love you, my ready Honda. You should, <laughs> hear. you should listen to the answers. Never mind the questions. Oh, aren't you funny, Gelman? <laughs> well, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We've got one line open. We've got two other people standing by, and we're going to get to those calls. Actually, I was just looking at the sheet here. No, we're going to Dave McLean next. <laughs> there you go. So uh, I misspoke. See, we got too much or going on at one time. as President Trump would say, I stand correct. we got to talk to the boss. So we need another two hours. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay, welcome back. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and we just opened the garage door. My name's Dave Redinger. I'm with Alan Gelman and Don Panozio, and our audience is here, Steve Scheinman. He's our whole audience. We can't Steve, afford Steve, have that. a seat. Pull up a seat. <laughs> He's walking around like a thing. Dave McLean is on the phone. Oh, boy, is Dave. <laughs> from the auto show. David, how are you? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you? Oh, I've always wanted to do this. Friday, 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 Auto Show, Toronto. <laughs> well, it's coming. It's less than a week away, Dave, as you know. And uh, they're moving in, and everybody's getting excited because it's uh, it's that uh, that launch point for the year, it seems. You know, I, I saw online on your Facebook posts that uh, you start off with four four gray walls. Yeah, you know what? Every year it's uh, 650,000 square feet of empty floors. And we're yeah. going to figure out what works uh I'm looking at it, and I'm going... I want to see, and it's, it's a big event. Yeah, I'm wondering how to get it all done in that short length of time. But so let's talk about a couple of things. Auto Exotica, what's that? Well, Auto Exotica is really a presentation of the, auto, the exotic vehicles that are available in the Canadian marketplace. You know, the average consumer doesn't get a chance that often, really, to look at those exotic cars and find out what's available, maybe dream a little bit, hope a little bit, yeah. figure out exactly what it is that they aspire to have one day in the, uh, you know, in the, in the automobile market. I love it. I, I I have an old car and a old Ferrari, and I'm driving along. Guy pulls me over and just kisses the hood. <laughs> well, there is a passion for those vehicles. There's no question. Unbelievable. Okay, this one is really important. Fifty years of Grand Prix in Canada. Now I know yeah, Norris is, is working this is on this a one, right? Huge showcase this year, and we're very fortunate to be uh, to have put this together. It's uh, you know fifty years of Grand Prix racing in Canada, and it's a showcase that we're putting together. I mean, Villeneuve will be coming in. There's a there's a special celebration, a recognition of their achievement. Uh, all kinds of award-winning vehicles. It's you know, it's it's really a, a nostalgic look at the last 50 years of Grand Prix racing, and and there is a passion, as you know, in Canada for Grand Prix racing. A, a lot of it resides in Eastern Canada, but yeah. uh, it's something that we're all excited about. And you're going to have the actual Formula One cars there, a whole bunch of them from days gone by. Yeah, they've uh, we've received many of them this week uh, as we were opening the crates. They were flown in, and it's going to make for a great presentation. Do you know, they cool. actually race those cars in the historic series in Europe. They, they really run them in flat out. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of historic races there, and uh, we saw some of that last fall. Uh, we witnessed it ourselves. So it's, uh, it's something that I think really connects with a very, very broad audience. Let's talk about what it, what's coming and in the automotive business, the, the concept cars and, and the new, new vehicles they're going to show. How, how many concept cars have we got now? 
Well, we got about 17 concept cars. And, you know, the, the thing is, is even as a show, a show promoter, uh, those numbers change almost weekly because uh, every manufacturer aspires to get great content, content that will show off their brand. And uh, this year we seem to be very fortunate with the number of concepts that we have. It's the number two reason why people actually come to the show. First, uh, obviously, the, to see the new cars and light trucks that are available in the Canadian marketplace. But after that, they want to see concept cars. And uh, following that, it's classics and motorsports that are in a close uh, third and fourth. Mm-hmm. Well, especially now, you know, the technology is changing so rapidly. And, yeah. and we hear constant talk of self-driving cars. So people want to know, what, what's that car going to look at down the road? And, you know, well, this exactly. is a place where we can see that. You know, it's funny because this, this time last year, and I believe I was on with you gentlemen, we were talking about the autonomous vehicle, the autonomous vehicle. And while that's still on the radar and manufacturers are working towards you know, certainly autonomous features anyway. It's more about our artificial intelligence now and how you connect with your automobile, what mm-hmm. sort of relationship, believe it or not, that you have with your automobile. This intuitive thinking that the car will have, if it doesn't already in many cases, understanding what your driving habits are, what the environment is around you, and how you're going to operate the vehicle. Interesting stuff. And in the basement, we have uh, electric cars, right? Yeah, electric cars, uh, the electric uh, um, cars are, obviously, there's a lot of pros and cons, and people don't really understand that much about electric vehicles. So this is a great opportunity for them to connect with, pardon the pun, the people at Plug and Drive. <laughs> and uh, I knew that one would work for you guys on a Saturday morning. They're all uh, sleeping. The... <laughs> well, no, I'm thinking you could take a streetcar to get there. That's electric, and it's been around an awful long time. But, you know, Plug and Drive is, is, uh, is going to be at the show, and uh, they've put a collection together of the electric vehicles that are available in the Canadian marketplace and you know we've taken it one step further this year there's actually an opportunity to test drive an electric vehicle of your choice uh, you know given the uh, the participating manufacturers perfect all right february we got 17 run? february 17 is the show starts at yes noon february 17th to 26 10:30 a.m till 10 p.m of course right. on opening day we're going to hold back a couple of hours we're going to open at 12 noon and on closing sunday on the 26th we're going to shut it down at and we'll be there on the 18th broadcasting live from the stage right at the top of the escalator on the North Building. Dave, Great. for more information, the website is? Autoshow.ca. It's the greatest way to plan your trip to the auto show. You can buy tickets online, plan exactly what it is you're hoping to, to see or experience, and uh, take it from there. Thank Thanks, you, Dave. Dave. We'll see you next week. Thanks, gents. Looking forward to it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Dave McLean from the Auto Show. We're back in a few minutes with phone calls. We'll be right back. Alrighty, remember it's a two-hour show that we do in one hour, so we might as well move right along. We're going to move up to Thornhill now and speak to Jenny. Who's got a question about her Honda, I guess. Jenny, what can we do for you? Okay, I was. It was suggested that I change the timing belt and the water pump on my 2005 Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. Now it only has 58,000 Ks, and my sister was thinking that um, that isn't quite necessary. Now, what do you think? I should. Or Is your sister a mechanic? I was going to ask that. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't get to it. Well, the issue is, you see, in the old days, we used to talk about five years yes. and or 100,000 kilometers because the belt is made out of rubber and there's, right. there's nylon cord inside. And even though your car has very low miles, it's 12 years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the whole idea is this. You see, the problem is, if, like, do you plan on keeping this car for a few more years? Yes. Well, then I would save up and get the job done because if the belt breaks, it it not only leaves you stranded, 
but you'll blow the engine altogether in that Honda of yours. Yeah, yeah that's what he, the guy was saying. Yeah. Yes, he's not wrong. It's called an interference valve. In other words, if the engine uh, doesn't synchronize because the belt broke, the valves will actually hit the top of the piston and they'll bend. And then and you've lost the motor. Basically, you have to open the heads up and replace the valves oh, and dear. rings, and it's a serious thing. And the other thing around the water pump is that the water pump is part of the uh, tensioning of the belt. And if you don't uh, replace the water pump, it should, it'll fail eventually, and it'll cause you the same problem. You think about $900 would be about right? That's about right, yes. Yeah, yeah. And make sure he changes the uh, coolant at the same time, and make sure he checks the front seal of the, uh, the engine, the, the crank seal. He should be changing that at the same time, too. The front can, seal, crank seal? Yeah, the crank seal, the all right, and the oil pump seal. All right. Oil pump seal. Yeah, that's important we do that because uh, the engine will eventually wear those seals out or they'll dry out and you'll end up with an oil leak. Seeing you're in there, get it all done. Exactly. Since yeah. the engine is all open and apart, that's the best time to get it all done. Get it done. Okay. So, to, so to try to save, you know, $50 on one specific thing really doesn't pay because if it goes down the road, like Dave says, yeah. you're going to have to go in and do it all over again. Good. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Thanks Jenny. Waiting. Lots of luck. Good. All righty. And um, we have Bill on the phone and he's asking about... I can't read that. Synthetics. Oh, synthetics. What can we do for you, Jim? Bill? Yes, good morning. I've got this um, semi-synthetic oil that's been put in my vehicle, and I was just wondering, I, I read someplace that you should not mix oil, especially synthetic. Is that is that okay to just carry on with that semi-synthetic oil? So you want to continue to use that one? No, I was going to, I wanted to go back to regular Costco uh, 530 oil. No yeah. problem at all. You know what? I would use this one until it's used up, you know, yes. 5,000, 10,000 kilometers at best. And then you can certainly change it. It's not going to affect anything. It wouldn't? Nope. Okay. That sounds like a good plan then. Yeah. In the beginning, when synthetics first came out, there were issues because the oil was so loose. Yes. The technical term was called lubricity. So what happened with you, they had, you just have regular oil and you put synthetics in, all of a sudden the car is leaking oil because it is so loose it would actually go through the seals. Yeah, but it now, is very thin, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. nowadays it's changed. They've, they've sort of done their homework and it's, and it's quite interchangeable. You like the word lubricity? I was thinking, I of wow, I was thinking about wow chips. Do you ever have wow chips? <laughs> no. Well, if you eat too much of those, there's a thing on the bottom that oh, says... Oh, you didn't want to lead him down that road. <laughs> you will have extra lubricity. <laughs> isn't there... A, there's also a chili story, too, yeah. isn't there? <laughs> We're not All right, Bill. That. Thanks for calling in with that. Hey, <laughs> guys are terrible. All right, you know what? Uh, we're we're going to talk to Don for just a second. Don, there's a thing, a service that you actually provide, which is called transportation services. Yeah, transportation operations dispatching. Yeah, which it's, is not mechanics. No, it's not. Uh, a lot of people, you know, you hear automotive training centers, you're thinking mechanics. Uh, we do other things too, uh, and just as popular. The transportation operations dispatch is preparing our students for the... Uh, the, the journey into fleet management. So trucks, uh, trains, car fleets. And one of the specific things about this program is that you're learning the software. That's the biggie there, right? Mm -hmm. PC Miler, Fleet Manager, these are really big programs and you, you can't just turn it on and, and figure it out. Employers today, when they're, when they're hiring, they expect you to know those programs. So if you're not, if you don't ha you're not formally trained, 
you're wasting a lot of time for them. Well, so, sure, and these are big positions. I mean, you're talking about, for example, it could be you know a private company or it could be the you post know, office. A government could exactly or or a bus company. They've got lots of vehicles on the road, and you're working with millions of dollars of budgets. And you've got to know the ins and outs of this. And, and generally speaking, someone off the street without that experience won't know any of it. Yeah. And, and they're not prepared to train you. So this is where a college like yours... Exactly. It's a highly competitive world right now. And how many, how many days or weeks does a course like that take? That's every day, uh, Monday to Friday. I believe it's 19 weeks. Uh, there is a three-week practicum, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're getting into it. A lot of people uh, who uh, may be injured or on WS, WSIB, they're looking at something else. You know, their back is hurting. Not they can't back get back on the truck. Right? right. So we're not talking about necessarily just... 18-year-old kids wet behind the ears. Right. I mean, you have people who are at later stages in life yeah. and looking for a new career opportunity, or like you say, have to. Truck drivers for 10 years, they, they know the industry very well, and they can't go on back so on the, the truck. So it's the next step. So they work the administration and transportation. It's a huge opportunity right And again, now. there's funding for that. Absolutely. Yeah, well, right. even you know what? Even if you're a licensed tech and you're getting up in age, mm-hmm good idea because you're going to have to work, move off the bench. Yeah. You're not going to be able to slug big wheels and tires anymore. Uh, hey, go back to school and you can learn the transportation side of it and get a job. Okay. We're going to say if that's enough said. We'll, I think I'm going to sign up. Gonna, uh, <laughs> well, sounds good. Does the knees go first? I don't see you working anyways. You're behind the phones all the time. My fingers. I Terrible. <laughs> I want to give Arthritis. you a personal tour of the campus. Sounds, okay? sounds great. Good stuff. Already. Well, and you're the campus director, so like, do you organize the sock hops and stuff? No. Oh, okay. Then we'll be right back. I was looking forward to that. <laughs> okay, I was going to go. like roll a car over or something. <laughs> Any, All right, this is Dave Turner. Now. Now. <laughs> we got to go. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right. All righty. Uh, garage door is wide open. I'd like to say that because we have phone calls to answer. We do. Yes, Rick is on the phone from Guelph. Hello, hey. Richard. Hello. Hey. Uh, yeah, I love your show. Great, thank you. I uh, have a question about uh, synthetic oils. Mm-hmm. I've been using synthetic oils in my vehicles for several years now, and when you change, you've always got a little bit left in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is: Is it okay to put all of these little bits into a big bottle and use it? it you know, yep. mixing different brands. Well, different brands is no problem. A synthetic is a synthetic. You know, you you could certainly mix them. That's not going to hurt anything. Okay. You know, there's a sticker on the side of the can, which is the SAE sticker. It's like a white sticker, and what's on there is a letter, HGM, whatever the, the specifications for the individual car are. So when you're doing that, switching oils and things like that, look for that SAE sticker on the side of the can, and it'll tell you what what cars that will fit. All right. What do we all say? RTFM? RTFM. RTFM. Means so, read the manual. Read the man read the F in manual. So oh. the bottom line is look for the for that sticker, look for the specification of the oil, and you can't go wrong. You can What's the sticker again? It's called the SAE sticker. It's Which so stands we, for Society of Automotive Engineers. So we have SAE today mm-hmm. as the the Redinger glossary. Yes. And we also have lubricity. Exactly. So it's another good word. 
Very good. I know hygroscopic also. But we can talk about well, that. I heard you had one of those, and that's why you're standing up today. <laughs> no, that's you. You're standing up. That's what happened. I didn't want to say. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. He got a new car the other oh, day. Oh, here we and go. he doesn't want to sit down. Off Periscope. <laughs> what do you call the guy, the rear admiral? The rear admiral, exactly. <laughs> oh. uh, Dodge has, com- has committed to stop team to build the Dodge Viper. The last Dodge Vipers are coming off the line, and that's it. So um, how come? Because I guess their sales weren't that strong. You know, like it's a expensive, high performance car, right? And uh, so Dodge Vipers, no more, done. Tesla is going through actually union problems right now. Um, the UFCW, no, was it CAW? Canadian Auto Workers. Lots of yeah. Canadian Auto Workers. What's the American one? Is U UAW are going after them for trying to uh, unionize the uh, plant. So there's a big thing going on there. Hang and on, hang on. So Tesla is not union, is what no, you're saying? No, was not union. And the union wants to come in, yep. and they're saying, no way. Well, what happened was... <laughs> they say it like that? Yep. No way. I'm isn't telling there, you right there's now. There's another okay. union, too, isn't there, Dave? The Sorry? union. Another union is m.o.b.com. <laughs> Take a while for Dave. <laughs> a little humor there. Okay, so Very. what I was going to say was they took over the Toyota plant, GM and Toyota, Went together to build cars. Remember the Matrix was a uh, Toyota GM. Uh, oh, at the plant vehicle. they just closed. Right. The Numi yeah. was called, you know, Universal Motor, whatever it's called. Uh, Tesla took that over for almost no money, hired the local guys that were laid off, made a production company, and now they're trying to unionize it. So the other news about Tesla is the Model 3 has gone into pre-production. Uh, they've got uh, prototypes running. So. That's the ones that they took deposits about a year ago, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I never thought they'd build it, but it looks like they're going to. Well, how many people left deposits? They raised millions of dollars on them, you know, just from people. $410 million or something. Wow. Right. Who is the biggest car company in the world? Uh, Volkswagen. Yeah, even after the diesel scandal and everything else. But I wonder if they're telling the truth. <laughs> we have sold more cars than anyone else. Really? <laughs> really? I love it. No, it's the truth. So, um, yeah, Volkswagen is the largest car company in the world. The second is Toyota. And then we come to the Americans. Interesting, huh? Well, exactly. I mean, people don't realize it's, you know, they, they you're looking at one brand, but they're, all these companies have so many different you know, uh, outside brands that they they're encompass. Yes, that they exactly. Include. I mean, Volkswagen is Volkswagen and it's Audi. It's um, Porsche. Porsche. It's Seat. It's um, BMW. No, not BMW. It's um, the Bentley. Bentley, yeah. Bentley. Yeah, Bentley, yeah. So they're all big companies. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how big these companies are. They are making big merger and acquisition. And now they're, they're, they're sacrificing all their top employees because it wasn't their fault. <laughs> <laughs> I was just following orders. <laughs> Never heard that before. All right. Omvik, this is the final one before we go back, is uh, Omvik has just announced the uh, jailing. Of another curbsider, he got 50 days in jail. This is the second time that this guy's done it. His name is, I don't know, let's see there, Andre, Andre Campbell. Doesn't say what company he was running. They caught him a million, they caught him so many times, yeah. Eh? And they finally got jail time. So uh, don't buy cars from private guys if you're not expecting problems. The guy tells you he wants to meet you at the mall. So uh, that'll be 50 <laughs> days to leave your lover. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to be talking to Colin. Dilly. Dilly. Exactly. <laughs> Steve looks at me because I say daily. From Preston. Preston, and he's way out of town. I'm not sure if he's in Mexico or in uh, Chicago, but he's somewhere. And he'll be on the phone in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. Alan, take us out. This is Dave's Corner Garage. you got a car care question. We've got lines open, and we're standing by. Yeah. We'll be right back. 
Alan, that's you, the first time doing it right? Exactly. You know, Prestone has been around for ages. As a matter of fact, it's funny, we talked about it the last time Colin was on, how names just become generic after a while. Yeah. It's like when you when you sneeze and you grab a tissue, you don't say, could I have a facial tissue? You know, no, you just say, give me a Kleenex, right? That's exactly right. Same thing with this. And, and we have people that come in and say, I guess it's time to change my Prestone. And uh, because they're talking coolant. And Colin Dilly's with us. And uh, he's been around. Prestone has been around for how many years? It'll be coming up uh, 90 years this June. Wow. How did it start? Really, the, 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 the actual thing that happened is kind of cool. Uh, back in the bad old days when you weren't so much worried about putting waste into rivers and things like that, mm-hmm. um, there was a, a, a water pond behind a Union Carbide building, and they had a flow of ethylene glycol that went out of the back of the factory, and they noticed that this uh, little water pond, not a nature pond, but a holding pond, never froze. Mm. And suddenly someone said, hey, presto, and I think in uh, June 5th, 1927, someone said, hmm, I think we have a pretty cool antifreeze going on here. Well, what were they making? What were they using the ethylene glycol to begin with? It was a it was a byproduct from one of the other streams of good materials. They had no use for it. No mm-hmm. one really made anything out of it back then. They, they just dumped it. Dumped it. it as wow, that's yep. crazy. Interesting. Now, we were talking earlier about uh, the product is not just an antifreeze, but it's also a corrosion inhibitor. You're, it's, it's a, that's one of the issues we were talking about before was the corrosion and the cavitation problems. Absolutely. Uh, you can have anything that's going to stop it freezing, but if your uh, cooling system starts rusting and corroding and a leak's happened, uh, your coolant's going to leak out and you're not going to cool your engine because antifreeze is really engine coolant. That's its prime function, and antifreeze just lets it cool the engine. Well, especially nowadays. I mean, you know, you have so many different things here. First of all, you have dissimilar metals. In other words, you have engines that could be partly cast iron, partly aluminum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got radiators, for example, that are aluminum. In the old days, everything was either cast iron or brass, um, so that's all changed. And, of course, you know, we're getting huge horsepowers out of small displacement engines. I mean, we're seeing you know, horsepower numbers that used to come out of big V8s now being pulled out of a four-cylinder. So that creates extra stress on an engine, correct? That is absolutely correct. And that extra stress equals extra heat. And that extra heat has to be taken away by a coolant that can stand that extra heat. Those old technologies, old silicate-based coolants, they break apart when they get that hot. The actual ethylene glycol, the base of the coolant, breaks apart. And it actually breaks apart into acidic components. So you're suddenly turning your antifreeze coolant into acid, and that very rapidly eats away any metal. So how often? So quickly, uh, how often should someone be changing their coolant? Well, if you look on the back of today's all make all models like Preston and the ones that they say up to five years, 150,000 miles. And we've got to remember that says up to. So what that means is you've got to check it because there are many things that could have happened. Your engine could have been overheating. Your coolant may have, the actual amount, the level of it may have gone down. The concentration went down. Mm -hmm. So you really want to check it every time you change your oil. So every five, 7,000 miles or so, you should be really checking it. Make sure it's topped up. Well, certainly, Colin, you know, know, the level has to be full. There's no question. But, But in terms of checking the condition, how is that done? You can 
check it with test kits to make sure that the corrosion inhibitors are there. You can check it with the hydrometer, and those things are available in any of your auto stores mm -hmm. to make sure that the concentration of glycol and water mm -hmm. is correct. And, and also just visually look at it. If it's looking dirty, mm -hmm. that means some corrosion is occurring, and it's probably a good time to change it out. There you go. Colin, what's the website where people can reach you? Uh, www.prestone.com. And you're joining us at the auto show, February yep. the 20th. So yep, people can I'll actually be, uh, see your face other than your voice. <laughs> yep, flying in from Mexico just for this. I'm Is that right? To... Mexico to yeah. Winnipeg, right? You got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. We're looking forward to seeing you and enjoying your visit. Um, that's about it. So Prestone is available what, as a, a concentrate and as a 50-50 mix, right? That so is correct. We'll discuss that when you get down to the show because I don't understand that part. <laughs> Colin, don't eat any tacos from street vendors, okay? <laughs> Otherwise, you know where you'll be spending your time in that airplane. Montezuma. Oh, yeah. The little room in the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll All see right. you in a couple weeks. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Dave's going to Garage, and we'll be right back with your phone calls. And it's the last segment of the show, so we've got to do it pretty quickly. Alrighty, welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Dave Renninger, Alan Gelman, and Don Panozio from the ATC, the Automotive Training Center. You got it, lovecars.ca. Right? Love the car. Is that your website? <laughs> it is. Yeah, love your car. Lovecars.ca. There you go. Alrighty, uh, actually, I do. Uh, we're going to go to um, Bill here, who's asking a question about using a car in Florida, and I know all about that. Bill, go ahead with your question. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Y yes, uh, we have a, uh, we're Canadian citizens. We have a condominium uh, in Florida, had it for years. And uh, I wanted to know if there was any problem us buying a car in the U.S., a U.S. car, uh, leaving it there all the time. And uh, uh, is, is, can that be done? Uh, yes. And uh, could I get insurance? I'd have to get insurance through a U.S. company. Yep. But I'm going through that right now because we sold our condo and bought a house. Oh, very good. Okay, so very my good. options were take my Canadian car down in November and bring it back in the spring. That's what I'm doing now, and I'm getting tired of it. <laughs> okay, so if you're buying a car in Florida, first off, yes, you can, and you can use your Canadian driver's license. Good. Secondly, you do have to get insurance locally. Um, I was quoted about 550 bucks for six months because they sell insurance in Florida in six-month segments. Yeah, they won't do a year. I know that. Right? Yeah. yeah. The next thing is I didn't think that the levels of protection were high enough because it's basically $50,000 PLPD. That's no good. And no. I said, no, it's crazy. It's, it's nuts. Because in Canada, the car carries $2 million, and the swimming pool carries $5 million. Yep. So I said, I need more insurance. And they said, you get a blanket policy for about $400, and that'll give you $2 million worth of insurance. Right. Okay. How, how old are you, Dave? Uh, or you <laughs> Younger than 70, oh, <laughs> but oh. not much. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, because I'm, I'm a little over 80, so oh, okay. I get my license for every two years, but I have it. Yeah. Bill, okay. a question for you, though. Where are you going to be parking the car when you're away? Do you have a, a garage or underground parking? Uh, well, our condo has open parking, and yeah. uh, that's always a concern with the salt and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I tell you yes. what happened to us was I, had a, I left the Lincoln down there, and uh, in three years, it collapsed. It just yeah. fell apart. I've got an old mark. I got an old four marquee down there now. Yeah, and uh, so, but we bring it back because you yeah, can only, but, only leave it there so long, uh, or you've got to register it there. 
which I don't want to be. The problem is greater than that. The cars are impregnated with salt. Yeah. And the moisture there continually works that salt. And in three years, the chassis actually started to crack. Oh, so right. So buy a local car, and then if you can get, cover it with a cover, disconnect the battery, put in the, the gas line stabilizer. and uh, How about rust proofing, rust protection? Mm, it works for that. But, but if you're buying a local car, they're usually dry. Yeah, right? but covering it helps. Is yeah, covering it helps. Keep the sun off it. Ah, okay. Okay, Alrighty. And buy, don't buy anything that's too complicated. No. I want something really simple with yeah. uh, not a lot of electronics where the battery down. And before I let you go, I have to tell you the cars there are more expensive than here because Florida went through a serious economic problem, and new cars are almost free. Used cars are expensive because people can afford five, $6,000 for a car. Ah, uh, right. So right. shop carefully. Got to wait till our dollar gets a little better, too. Yeah, well, it was... 50, what is it? It was um, 74 cents when I last bought money. Oh it's at 76 God. cents now, but the banks won't sell it to you for less than 75. That's right. <laughs> All right, Bill, have a good time in Florida. So there's the word fornication coming into effect. <laughs> Anyways, enjoy your time there. All righty. Uh, let's go back to... We're going to go to Brad in Newmarket. Got yeah. a question for us. Brad, what can we do for you today? Yeah, great show, by the way, guys. I, I make it a point every Saturday morning at my bacon and eggs and listen to your show. Thank you. Thank you. I just wonder, I have a 2006 Chevy Impala, which, which I really enjoy driving, and I'm going to replace the plugs and wires and the rotors. What is the difference in buying, say, offshore parts com- compared to, like, AC Delco parts? Is there a real difference? I know there's a difference, especially with the pads and, and the rotors, but is there really a difference in the plugs and the wires? Well, what you may find that even though you're buying AC Delco, you could be buying stuff that's made offshore. Okay. Um, but it's important to know who the supplier is because, for example, you know, we have Salen tires on board with us. You see, Salen, for example, even though they're made in China, they are specific plants that yeah. work for the Canadian operation here. So they're building, you know, product that's up to our standards here. And it's the same thing with AC Delco, for example. AC Delco is a big organization. You know, they're owned by General Motors. Even though they're sourcing, you know, parts from offshore, there's going to be a quality level here that they're going to try to maintain. Yeah. So, like I say, I would deal with a reputable person that way um, because the, the, the fact of the matter is, even if you wanted parts that are made locally, they're not made locally anymore. Yeah. yeah. And there's also, if you walk into the jobber, for instance, there's different levels of parts to purchase. There's an OEM quality. There's a brand from the, menu, from the supplier, say it's Napa or mm-hmm. whatever. And then there's what's called white box. And there's really not a lot of difference in the parts. The reality is differences actually the way they market it and the warranties that you get with it. Mm-hmm. All right? So it's a real zoo out there. I've got to be honest with you. So I wouldn't shop price specifically. Yeah. I would want to know what the quality of the part is. Uh, you can save some money, but at the same time, you don't want junk because, you know, some of these jobs are difficult to do, and you don't want to have to do it again. Yep. Okay. Thanks for the call. And we, uh, Oh, we lost our last call. The phone just went off the air. No. Is it? That was the guy we were just talking to. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Get with the program. The line went there. All righty, goody. Let's go so, back to Don. Yeah, let's just ask Don the big question. What's, how do I get involved in, the, in your programs? I'm a, I'm a young guy. I'm a guy that was been laid off. I wanted to career change. How do I get involved with your group? Well, well, the first thing I would do is call us, 416-231-7227. That's you got to go slower. 416-231-7227. And that's going to be our Toronto campus. You'll, you'll speak to an admission representative. Uh, we'll invite you to the campus, sit down with you, go over your goals, your needs, what's, what excites you about a career in auto. We're going to go over some programs. We'll do a personal tour throughout the whole campus. 
and we have an in-house finance uh, office. So you'll go through all the financial options that you need. And it's all there for you. You enroll with us. We start you as quickly as next week, if you like. You're ready to go. And question, that's for men and women, correct? Absolutely, Yeah, we have gals in the class. Okay. And they're smarter. We have a little little Filipino gal. She doesn't doesn't talk. She just listens. And she gets like 90s and 100% on the exam. Yeah, it's It's great to see women in the field, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. we have quite a few women. Excellent. Thank you, Don. Thanks for taking time. Thanks a lot. Okay, and a big thank you to Dave McLean. Oh, he's uh, getting good at this. (laughs) And Colin Dilly from Prestone. You're getting even better with Dilly. Thank you, Alan. (laughs) And thank you, Sebastian. Talk about the shows, buddy. And uh, thank you to Steve. Yeah. And thank you to my mother and everybody else who's out there. All righty. It's a great show. Next week will be from the auto show. We're going to be there live, 10 o'clock in the morning if you're up. And then we'll be back on the next Monday, which is family day. Family day. We're doing our town hall. You get to meet the guys that you heard on air. we got tons of stuff to give away. So make sure you come down because I don't want to carry the stuff home. So I have to wear nice clothes next week, eh? Well, you so, have to wear clothes. fresh at least. Yeah, you have to wear clothes, <laughs> not your hockey gear. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Drive safe. We'll see you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 